Your Hollywood system stole our sex and co-opted our violence, so there's nothing left for our kinds of movies. <laughs> I did not hit her. It's not true. Clopex. 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 Up yours, baby. Me and Bubba, my little brother, listen to you every night. Where in the hell are we? I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Hey guys, welcome to week two of Cult Film and Review. I'm excited that you're with us. Uh, I'm Cody Everett, your host, and this week we are uh, going to talk about uh, Big Trouble in Little China. I'm really excited about it. It's a great movie. Um, I don't know what else to say. It's John Carpenter. He's one of my favorites. Anyways, uh, make sure you find us on iTunes and you rate us five stars, write us a review, subscribe, all that fun stuff. You can find us on Facebook. You can even send us an email to uh, cultfilmreview at gmail.com. And uh, you can tell us what movies to watch, what you hate, all that kind of stuff. But uh, I hope you guys enjoy the show, and let's start the show. Thanks for listening. This is week two. Uh, this week we're going to be reviewing uh, Big Trouble in Little China. I'm pretty excited about that. But first, I just want to say I'm Cody Everett. You can find me at the official Cody Everett on Instagram. You can also find me on Facebook. You can find uh, this whole show on Facebook at Cult Film and Review. You can also follow us on Twitter, which I think it's Cult underscore Review, uh, at Cult underscore Review, I guess I should say, on Twitter. You can find us there. Um, I just want to say that I'm having a hell of a week. It's been great. Uh, I went to the doctor. I have a clean bill of health. I guess I could have better good cholesterol. But you know, whatever. Everybody can, you know. Right? The yeah, exactly. Shit we eat these days. So, what does that mean? You just have a bunch of like loose shit floating around in your body, or no? Something? No, it just but means I need to exercise. Not even close. What I'm is glad that? you're not a doctor, Chris. I never yeah. said I was a doctor. She, she said all. <laughs> she said all I need to do is exercise. But also, I took yeah. my my son to his first comic book shop. He's uh, 14 months. Oh, that's so awesome, dude! Got him some comics. Uh, got myself some comics. Got some uh, figures and stuff like that. So I, I think I'm gonna get back into collecting figures, which I'm I'm pretty excited about. I gotta say, like some of my favorite memories as a child growing up was my dad taking me to comic book shops and allowing me to like pick out a couple, like four or five comics to take home. It was oh, that's so a, fucking great. That's yeah, my I had, plan. I had to drag my father. Comic book shops. See that? I, I, no, I had to. <laughs> too. Never wanted to go. My dad. I don't think my dad ever took me to a comic book shop. So this is something I'm starting with my th- son that we're gonna do every Thursday. We're gonna go and. and I never it. desired going to a comic book shop. I just never like it. Like the only thing I would ever look for was maybe like a horror movie, you know, piece of memorabilia somewhere. I would never like actually be interested in the comic comic books. The one thing that I was interested in as a kid though was Kyle, your father, actually my uncle owns a pretty insane collection of comic books, which he used to keep stashed underneath his bed. And I, I remember as kids, we would always go digging through those boxes. And that, yeah, you're right. You're, you're absolutely right. And that actually is what I think created that love of comic books for um, me and my brothers. I, I kind of ran with it a little bit more. But yeah, because when um, during summer vacation, they would always just leave us all at home alone. And Ryan was in charge, who's my oldest brother. Um, but yeah, one of the things we used to always do is we used to like pull out that comic book box and it was one of those, you know, four foot long white boxes, you know, and we would just go through each comic book one after another and kind of see, you know, look at the ones we love. And, and my dad, my dad kind of picked up on that. We were breaking into his comic book collection that was totally off limits. So (laughs) it was fun. Hey Mike, uh, where can people find you at? What did you do this week? Anything fun? Oh, what did I do this week? And I biked. 
Oh, bike. he biked. biked. Look at yeah. that. Look so at that. I was starting. I'm starting off on the uh, exercise tip as well. So, oh, you're yeah. starting to exercise? Apparently, yeah. that's the thing to do when you're 30 and fat. Yep, <laughs> that's exactly what, what motivates me every Riding day. Riding bikes is super fun, though. Like, you get to go explore quickly. Oh, I love know? it. <laughs> I love it. You yeah. get to go explore quickly. quickly. Yep. Yeah. If you find something you it's don't like, like you can get away. It's like I'm gonna go fucking drive down in this wash right here and go like jump some jumps. Yeah, yeah, yeah I do that I all the time. I, I, I definitely don't jump any jumps. I or even if you just ride 30s. on the sidewalk. That's I did. Okay. I did almost fucking biff though, like real bad. <laughs> right in front of like the you know those bikes where people lay down. And they have like hoods on them. Oh yeah, it's like, yeah. Uh, kind of like bitch what? bike. Oh my yeah. god, fuck those. Exactly. Things. I had two guys behind me, and I swerved out of the way, and then I ran right into the gravel. Oh man. And just like almost lost it. Yeah. Are uh, you not on a mountain bike? No, I do not have a mountain bike. I have okay. a road bike. Oh, ro- oh, that. Or as they call it, a gravel. city Stay. bike. Yeah. City bike. I dug right in. Do you ride the city bike on the sidewalk or on the street? I ride it. I, there's a bike path. He right rides here, in right? the city, Chris. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mike, where can people find you at? Uh, they can find me at, at Mike's Lustio on Twitter. And I also write about film stuff over at FriendlyNeighborhoodFilmmaking.com. All right, guys. Make sure you guys go and check that out. Hey, Chris, where can people find you at? What's going on this week with you? Uh, you can find me at, uh, well, I work over at Midnight Releasing and Brain Damage Films. So you can go to either of their websites, midnightreleasing.com or braindamagefilms.com. Schlocky, B, horror film, blood and boobs kind of shit over there. Yeah, so you can find me there, Guararama on Instagram, uh, Facebook, my name. So, you know, look it up. It's long. All right, you got anything cool going on this week or did you just do nothing? This week, no. I mean... Uh, my film got accepted into the Phoenix Comic Con, which is oh, coming nice. up. Congratulations. So it's be Congratulations. Thanks, guys. Thanks for the support. Love which you. film's that? Uh, it's called Reality. It's 12 minute, which is uh, uh, it's proved to be um, a good learning experience because my previous film that I made is a lot longer and it has a much harder time getting into festivals. But this one is 12 minutes long and. I think it is just generally more accepted because you can fit it into a block of films easier than putting a 25-minute film in there and then a couple, you know, shorter ones. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess I'll see you. I'll see you there because I'm in a film. In what's the film? It's called uh, Best Day Ever. I Best play a day. small, small extra part. Well, it's it's a pretty significant. Is part. that Angel's film? Yeah, it's Angel's. Okay, film. cool. Yeah. He's huge. He's huge. Yes. Uh, Michael Silistro is huge in the acting world right now because of this movie. <laughs> I'm moving my way up, guys. He's, he's acting humble, but he's got a huge part. It's huge. <laughs> huge. He's it's acting huge. humble. What's it's not bi- huge? It's just big. Right Ten seconds in a short, in a five minute short. That's a huge part. Uh, if he's acting, relative if, to if, other parts. <laughs> if he's acting humble, is he actually humble? Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, he's got a, his part so big it's as big as Marissa Tomei's part in Toxic Avenger. Nice, it's huge. And we all know she stole that scene. So, <laughs> yeah. all right. Last but not least, Kyle Smith, what do you got going on this week? Where can people find you at? Uh, you can find me on Facebook.com/slash Bluefield Audio, and you can find me on Instagram Pliskin four twenty six. Um, this week, not much. Um, I will m- make an announcement though. Um, a film that I helped um, edit the audio for is just got accepted into Phoenix Comic Con called Reality. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> I can't wait to fucking Double see down. that movie. <laughs> I heard it's I heard it's gonna blow Comic Con away. Yeah, it's tearing the fucking roof off, dude. It's got Let's some see. hype to it, guys. Dude, there's hype. There's definitely. We already got. Hype. T- I already heard it from two people already. <laughs> so, dude, two people in three minutes. That's hype. That's hype. I'm just a walking market. <laughs> All right, guys. Hit so, machine. hey, now. 
Guys, coming up, we're going to be talking about Big Trouble in Little China. It's uh, about an all-American trucker who gets dragged into a centuries-old mystical battle in Chinatown. I can't wait to talk to uh, to you guys about it and, and, and see what you guys thought of the film. It's going to be a really fun conversation, so make sure you stick around. Keep listening, guys. Who are these people? Friends of yours, huh? Now, this really pisses me off to no end. Come on, stick around. Where's Mel Yin? In this building? Safe. Where is she? Safe. And guys, we're back. All right, so we're going to get into the movie that we all came here to talk about, and that's Big uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Big mouth and trouble in it. Um, <laughs> Big mouth. So uh, first thing I want to talk about, uh, actually, you know what? Before we get into the film, let's talk about this. Last week, uh, some people in the room, I'm not going to name names, but if they want to come forward, made some mistakes uh, with some of the uh, knowledge that they were trying to drop <laughs> on us. So uh, if anyone wants to say I'll, who they are, I'll, uh, go I'll, ahead. I'll, I'll start. Um I did make a mistake when I said that um, that um, uh, Toxic Avenger was um, turned into two films. That's incorrect. Actually, it's a sequel. Um, Lloyd Kaufman shot too much, and he turned the second film in, or the third film. He made the third film from the extra footage from the second film, basically. So I fucked that up, and I did, I just fucked it up even describing it. So, Chris, <laughs> why don't you take it away? Okay. Oh, I'm, guess... I'm glad we're coming clean right now. I feel good it about it. It feels good. It feels refreshing. Uh, yeah, last week I, I made a mistake. I said the Rocky Horror Picture Show was not a box office flop, but it certainly was. But not soon <laughs> after, not soon after that, it started taking off. People started catching on to it even more. It certainly was a flop. I think Chris just wanted it to be so, so successful. He did. All right, guys, so Big Trouble in Little China. Let's talk about what makes this a cult film. Uh, what makes this a cult film to you, Chris? Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, a cult film, I, well, this, this also um, kind of goes along with what we were just discussing, and maybe this is something that we'll discover along the way uh, about cult film, but... It was a box office flop. In fact, it was the reason that John Carpenter stopped stopped working with Hollywood. So, um, but you know, once it kind of hit the video market, this was the right in the era of video. So, right when it hit the video market, then it started developing its cult status. And John Carpenter still says how proud he is of this movie. He thought it was the most amazing thing, and he always wanted to make a martial arts movie, and he got a chance to do it here. So It was a box office flop. I think it was a $20 million budget, and it only did $11.5 yep, yep, that's what. Yeah, that's what I think it was. And also, I think it is. I think it has so many different elements to it, which is uh, um, kind of what you see as a, like, a running thing in cult films is it's got um, martial arts, it's got comedy, it's got drama, it's got romance, it's got horror even. Like there were certain scenes in this film that I remember when I was a kid, like, and I remember them differently, but like now when I go back and I see it, I'm like, wow, I always thought that scene was a lot longer than it was, you know, like um, it just, it, you realize certain things when you get older and that's kind of, you keep discovering it. Kyle, what makes this a cult film to you? Um, you know, um, just like what Chris was saying, I mean, which I think it's funny that he's echoing exactly what I said a cult film is last week. And it's, True. It is a flop that picks up on the home video market. Um, but I think it's it's just such a memorable, ridiculous movie. And um, everything's done over the top. Um, this movie is responsible for me, like, you know, developing my love affair with Kung Fu and... 
kung fu films and then later on discovering Shaw brothers films of the 70s the shop Saki stuff um and it's funny because I, I i don't think it's to me i don't i don't see it as a cult film to me i see it as something that when i used to come home from kindergarten i used to always pop this vhs into the vcr and watch it that was what i watched when i came home from kindergarten like 80 percent of the time was this movie and it just it's really close to my heart and i absolutely love this movie so much it like taught me everything i know Oh, this movie taught you everything. Everything you know? I know. Okay. Is Big Trouble Little China. All right, Mike. What makes this movie a cult film for you? Uh, fans, fans like like uh, Kyle here. I mean, it's just, it's like it, it is a different type of movie. It's a hybrid movie. It's a kung fu movie, like Chris said. It's a horror movie. It's like John Carpenter wanted to just jam all of this into one film, and he did something that was. He went with an idea, and he and he stuck with it. And I, I know, yeah, he got a lot of slack from it from Hollywood, and a lot of probably blowback from that, but. Uh, it's been able to uh, stand the test of time with its fandom. So, yeah, that's... Uh, just one second. It's really hot in here, and I want to get uh, into the vibe of things. So, hold on a second, guys. <laughs> oh, he's... Oh, oh, Jack Burton in the house. He took off his shirt, and he's wearing the outfit, basically, that Jack Burton uh, wore in the movie. The shirt with, from it. With the addition of Chucks. Is but, that a Sergeant nice. Kabuki man on there? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, I think what makes this a cult film for myself is that um, it is, uh, in all in all, I think it's a fantasy film. I think what he ended up, he wanted to make a martial arts film, but I think he ended up making a fantasy film. Um, and It's in a modern-day Chinese fantasy film. That's the way I see it. Um, and I just, I love this movie. This movie is so good. And I get why it has a cult following, because... Um, it throws things at you that you're not expecting at weird times, like of yeah, what, what that monster. What is that? Where did I know that come what. From? That, oh my god! And I it love just comes that out. Of, and it comes out of nowhere. Yeah. And it doesn't hurt anyone. No, <laughs> it just, it hurts not anyone. really. It just grabs Gracie, and that's pretty much what it does in the film. So. Yeah, it hurts yeah. your eyes to look at him. That's <laughs> right. It's like couldn't a henchman have done that? But they got a mon. Like it's just you know, dude. If you got an excuse to use a monster, and you've got a twenty million dollar budget. Use a monster. I mean, I shit, guess. this was the film to do it. And I mean, it has ghosts, ninjas. <laughs> what else has it got? Sorcerers. Sorcerers, yeah, magicians. It's got, it's got rain god and thunder yeah. and lightning god. Raiden and is in it, Raiden. I think. Raiden. Actually, you know, it's so funny you brought that up. They actually, I was reading up on that, and the lightning god in this film, um, it's debatable, but they think that he was the uh, uh, source of inspiration for creating the character Raiden in Mortal had Kombat. To be. So. <laughs> I had to be. I'm calling it right now, 100%. I think that's be. kind of a like a uh, part of um, Chinese history, though. It is, yeah. But um, I think I think if you go back and look at Chinese history, I think um, usually their gods are depicted more in a in a non-human form, more of a demonic form. Mm -hmm. So this was like, um, you know, bringing it into the more of a modern, you know, esque. I can't feeling, wait. So I can't wait to hear Kyle correct himself next week on that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's gonna be really <laughs> that I believe that I fucking read. So read that shit online. So did everybody know that this is definitely uh, John Carpenter had a a lot of trouble making this film. Uh, definitely a lot. Uh, mm -hmm. so this is it's true. What true? What Chris said that he quit Hollywood pretty much after this to start making films independently again because of I think the producer mostly, uh, from what I gather, just. In, in general because yeah. they fought about basically everything did you guys know that they uh producer originally wanted either uh who was it it was uh, clint eastwood 
right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember who the second one was. It's some fucking like action guy. I don't fucking remember, but it, it was, wasn't a fit at all for the role. No, it wasn't. It wasn't close. And and actually, Kurt Russell didn't want to do the movie either because he had done like a bunch of flops before then, and he's like, I don't want this to flop too. Which I guess it tested it, through the it roof. It actually did flop. But. And it flopped. <laughs> but John Carpenter said he didn't care. He wanted Kurt mm-hmm. Russell. So what are you, like the leading man? Let's talk about the leading man for like the because you have so to. So Wang. Okay. Well, he's sitting right yeah. over here next to us. So well, why don't we let him talk about? You know, and and and, and yes, I know exactly where you're going to go with this, Cody. And Kurt Russell is not the leading man. Actually, Kurt Russell, um, one of his quotes you can find, he says it best: is that this movie is about. A sidekick who thinks he's the main character. I think that no, I, I there's see, I think there's confusion on that. No, I, I, I don't. I why why do you think there's confusion? I think there's confusion on that because of this reason. Like, yes, I, I agree with you in the movie the way it's depicted. It's like Wang is definitely like the badass. But if you think about it, everyone, everybody is like, where's Jack? We need Jack. Get Jack. Even Wang's like, we need Jack. Why do they need Jack? They don't <laughs> need Jack at all. Well, I mean, they do, there's no, there's really no reason for Jack to be there. I think Jack is just a good guy and he wants to be there. So what you're saying, Kyle, is, you know, that he wants to be the lead character, but he's actually the sidekick. I think he thinks he's the, he's the main character. But yeah, he's he's really just a sci-fi because he's just a buffoon in all the scenes he's in all the fighting scenes. He's he's he, he fucks fights, up. He fucks he up so bad. Everyone. He like he 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 finally gets his gun to work and he shoots one guy. <laughs> like I fucking that, don't they make a comment like that the first oh, guy yeah, he the ever first plugged. Time he plugged someone? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, just of course not. Think about what each character represents between Wang and Jack. Wang is like the quintessential hero traits that you would find. Loyalty, honor, um, he kicks everyone's ass. True. Like he has no problem doing that. Jack is a braggart. Uh, he's constantly herpaderping his way through victory. Like, no, he's like he's like kind of like Indiana Jones. Like he through luck and sheer just like determination, he just finds a way to get out of things, but always by the skin of his teeth. And constantly getting knocked out or, you know underneath a demon body and can't get it off of him. And, you know, like, Being a buffoon in every exactly, single fight. Exactly. He's basically Ash, kind of, from the evil... Well, maybe Army I, of Darkness, more or less. Maybe Army of Darkness. Like, but very... He, like, he thinks he's got it under control and he like, thinks he's a badass, but in reality, he's kind of... I mean, he's only doing this to get his fucking truck back. That's really the one reason why he does it in the beginning. That's true. But can we also agree that every other character, though, acts like they need Jack Burton? Every other character is like, we need I don't think so. I don't think Gracie Law. Gracie Law is like... Towards the end, she does. At the very... Yeah, at the end, she... Because he rescues her, but that's it. That's it. He rescues her, and she becomes smitten with him. But before that, she's like, what the... You know, who are you? So does Egg. Egg says that he needs to be there all the time. He says that? Yeah. When does he say that? He says it. Give me a time code. I don't remember the exact uh, quote, but he says it. <laughs> I have a question. Go ahead. Yeah, go yes. ahead. Does anybody find it strange that that there was like the whole subplot of like the sex slavery thing going on? Does that, does that strike anybody as, like, Oh, all, the women, all the women in yeah. the cages? No. <laughs> well, I think they, no. they, they needed some kind of plot point, like, other than just some green-eyed Chinese girl gets No, it makes stolen. sense. It makes sense. That's how, they're lo- that's how they're looking for the yeah. green-eyed 
Chinese girl. So they're once, just harboring once they have them and, and yes. once they, they have can't them, see that she doesn't have green eyes. <laughs> I know that should be the first thing you notice. I'm like, all right, let's not kidnap this one. Okay, did anyone else notice that then in the movie when uh, uh, the oh the main villain I can't think of his name. Please help David me. Lopan. David Lopan is like two girls with green eyes. This is amazing. It's taken him two thousand years to find a white girl with well, green no, no. eyes. That's one of my favorite quotes from Jack Burton. It's like it's taking you two thousand years. Come on, Dave. You got to be doing something wrong at this point. <laughs> but to be fair, Dave. Lopan does have like it like it like a like a defense for that he says well you know relationships there don't have always been work others, out yeah. as anyone would know <laughs> you jack of all people would understand that like, <laughs> oh god <laughs> <laughs> all right so next uh what i'd like to talk about guys is your favorite lines what are your oh favorite lines god, from the movie this entire fucking movie jesus there's uh, so many good lines there's so many um i don't know Mike, why don't you take that one? My favorite line by far in this whole film is right after they take that potion, the egg shen potion, and they're just sitting in that elevator. And they're just circle jerking each other throughout <laughs> the whole thing, just like, yeah, man, I feel real good, man. I've got a positive I feel feeling. amazing. And then it just goes silent when they all realize how weird it is that they're doing this. And Jack just is like, is it just me? Is it getting hot in here? <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect comedic timing. Yes. My favorite line is... Uh, um, Son of a bitch must pay. <laughs> that line's so good. It's like, oh my god, when he like gets when he gets out cut of, off. No, yeah. is it right? when he gets out of the yeah. truck? It's yeah, Wait. it's when he gets out of the truck. Okay, gets out of the truck when in the alleyway. Yeah, in the alleyway. Isn't that, doesn't that when he says that line? When he when no. when he gets blinded. Oh no! It's no. I'm sorry. No, Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> Where? All right. <laughs> Quick, confusing me. God damn it! No, it's um, it's when he yeah he gets cut off. No, 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 no. Okay, okay. No, no. I got it now. I got it now. I, I'm going to bring us back home. It's <laughs> <laughs> please do. Okay. Yeah, I watched the movie um, last that, night. That would be that would be um, right when they dodge the uh, the 1987 red firebird, That's and he right. says, "Son of a bitch, must pay." And then it cuts to the 18 wheeler flying down the highway, and that, then he gets cut off. That shot, by the way, of the uh, firebird coming at them is pretty badass. That's a good. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's, That's a great a really cut. Good shot. Great cut. Mm -hmm. Don't remember it. Did you even watch the movie? Yes, I did. I don't Apparently that. none of us did because we couldn't remember where that damn line was. You know what? There's so many fucking good lines. It's hard to like keep them in order. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I. Honestly, is that a problem? Like, my favorite scene, honestly, is like really the intro when he's just yabbering on the fucking radio to whoever's out there listening. Yeah. With some <laughs> some wild-eyed ape put. <laughs> what do you say? Put the puts the back of your favorite head against the barroom wall and asks you if you paid your dues. <laughs> <laughs> just remember what Jack Burton says. Yes, sir. The check is in the mail. <laughs> that is so good. <laughs> that sounded awesome. Kurt Russell, yeah, I think Kurt, but okay, so going back to Kurt Russell being the the leading man, because he he's is. not. But but he's, he's definitely not. the star. Well, no, he's the leading the man. Film. He's just he's just not the hero. Yeah. He's the sidekick. You can he's the star. It's of just the, film. the point of view of the sidekick. He's definitely leading man. Like okay. in terms of Hollywood power. Nobody was no, no, he's banking this he's film off of Wang. Who what was the actor's name? I don't, <laughs> I don't even know. I don't fucking remember yeah. at this point. But yeah. no, I no, I agree with you on that, where yeah, he was like the the uh the, the star power of the film. But he was not like he wasn't the hero for no. say he does two he does like one or two heroic things, which is killing David Lopan. And I don't remember what the other one was actually. <laughs> oh, he kills David Lopan at the end. That's 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 his heroic. And it's the moment. coolest kill ever, dude! Right? Oh, Fucking catches the knife and then immediately throws it back. Reflex sticks and, him in the head. It's all, yeah. it's all. Oh, another great line. It's all in the reflex. And that's the funniest thing about Jack is that's the one skill that he's 
possessed throughout all this time is that he has amazing reflexes that he can catch something in the air and throw it. And they do it how many times in the film? He says that at least three times. Oh, yeah, at least, yeah. When he catches the bottle, the bottle, the bottle. when he's in the truck, when he first goes out. Dude, I've watched yeah. that scene like in slow-mo so many times to see how they pulled that how they pulled that shot off. I wonder if he but... just caught it. He might, maybe he just caught it. <laughs> It looks Her like if you if you watch good. it if you watch it in slow mo the yeah. guy's hand does shoot up right before the the blade hits the bottom. Oh, you can see like the uh, the the, ac- the, uh, the actor's hand shoots up to catch it. But what's up, Cody? Now my question is for you though is how did you how do you guys feel that Kurt Russell played this character? Now do you when you watch it do you see an actual character in Jack Burton or do you see Kurt Russell playing a character as Jack Burton? Um, I I think it's a character. I think it's a character, and he pulled from. He pulled from the best of John Wayne and a few other like really. Mm-hmm. I like how Mike made a mm noise when I said that. Because so, I agree. Um, but yeah, I think he pulled the best the best from like the anti heroes of previous film history and kind of made it his own. He made he made it he made him into somebody who does not want to be the hero, but he's there. And I I think it works really well because I think the main point of this character was that he wanted to have to be a swinging dick like. And who does that better than John Wayne? Like this fucking hey everybody, I'm gonna What's up, walk Pilgrims? into town. You know, <laughs> yeah, I, I need to walk do... like this because my dick is so. And big. what follows is a terrible impersonation of John Wayne by everyone in the room. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, good because that's how I felt too. I didn't. I didn't feel like it was him, uh, like Kurt Russell playing a, a character. Uh, I felt like he, like I saw him as Jack Burton, not as Kurt Russell playing Jack Burton. I see him as that character. I see that actually with a lot of his movies. Uh, I think that just says what kind of actor he is. Mm. Um, I don't see like the, I don't see the the actor. I see the character. But I think Kurt Russell himself is a character. Like when you see him, he doesn't really like look like anybody else. You know, he kind of has his own. Um, I don't even know what the word would be. Persona? Just persona, demeanor, any you know, just like when I see Jack Burton, I feel like that is kind of how Kurt Russell might be in real life. He could be, but yeah. you make a good point. Like if we were to have to remake this film, God hope they don't. But if they ever did, who could possibly play that role? Like no one. No, it's impossible. It's one you, of those roles. You would, that's you just would like, have to make almost like like a reboot where the Jack Burton story is a separate entity. Exactly. Or I was thinking about that after I watched it. I'm like, I wonder if they'll ever do a remake of this You know, movie. they'll try to. That's all they, they fucking do in Hollywood now. There's no original ideas they out will. there anymore. So everyone, but also th- this movie, speaking of that, this movie was originally written as a Western. Uh, then yes. they changed it to modern times because it was, go- they wanted, and they rushed it to get it out to beat Golden Child, the Eddie Murphy comedy. Oh, wow. You know what's so Which yeah. is very similar to this movie. Very well, similar. you know what's even more similar about it is, um, um, oh God, what's his name? Um, um, the guy who plays Ake Shen is in Golden Child, and the guy who plays David Lopin is in Golden Child. <laughs> Did you I know like that? They might have only had two real Asian actors that, like... Yeah, in 1986 yeah. in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, you had... Uh... We need quirky Asian dude. Fuck, who what do we the get? hell is his name? That's pissing me off now. Oh, uh, which one? Guy who played fucking Egg Shen. Oh god, Mr. Miyagi. I can look Jesus it up. Christ. <laughs> that is not his name, Chris. <laughs> All right, so anyways, guys, uh, I'm pretty happy with that uh, for right now. I think that we should take a break. Uh, we'll get back here, and we'll talk about some of our uh, some of the fight scenes is what I'd like to talk about and how those were filmed because I think John Carpenter knows how to film a fight scene. We'll talk about that when we come back. Thanks for listening, guys.
Yeah. All right, guys, and we're back. Uh, we're talking about Big Trouble in Little China. We said we'd talk about the fight scenes next, so we're going to talk about the fight scenes. Uh, the fight scenes are some of my favorite stuff uh, in this film. I love the way John Carpenter shot this. Uh, they're straight up. You can see the action. You can see the bones breaking. Um, you can see the punches being thrown. It's not like a lot of modern films where they just jump cut, I feel like, a lot in fight scenes where you don't see a lot. It's just a lot of the guys spinning in circles. John Carpenter shows, like, fights, and that's – I love it. I love it. Oh, yeah, dude. The, the fight scene in the alley, best in the film. That's so Between good. Between the uh, Chang Sings and the Wing Kong. <laughs> Sing dings. Chang Sings and the Wing Kongs. <laughs> dude, best fucking fight scene. I think that, like, still to this day, like, I, I, I don't think any other fight scene I've seen of a film can really hold a candle to how much that scene, like, engaged me as a viewer. Oh, dude, it's so it's so good, and it, it, it's it's just like it's when when the gods come out of nowhere too. You're just like, what the hell? That's when you get sucked in. That's immediately when you get sucked into this movie is when that happens because you're like, okay, shit's got weird. It just got weird. What's 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 going on in this movie? Yeah, and I I you know going back to um, what what you guys you you were kind of talking about um, the studio and John Carpenter having a hard time. I think that's the hard studio had a hard time marketing it because it was such a weird movie. There's just weird shit happening all the time. It was all gods of thunder. There was kung fu. There was mysticism. There was some some wise cracking fucking truck driver like leading the whole thing. <laughs> like, dude. And he, the fact that he just like always used his knife for everything <laughs> is awesome. I like how none, he's always ripping it out of his boot and like yeah. cutting something with it. How did how did like none of them as they like were became prisoners like pat him down and realize you know oh his boot has a flap because it was yeah. those sweet Indian boots and you can hide <laughs> things in those. Like, I wish I could find a pair of those. I want a pair of those. They're so cool. <laughs> they are. <laughs> He's, I, like calf I, high boots, yeah. Christmas. That's what I want for Christmas. Doesn't calf look. high boots with a knife. I'll tell you one thing I like about the uh, the alleyway uh, fight is that it starts off and and who are the bad guys? What's the bad uh, the group? the Wing Kong? The Wing Kong. They show up and they just pull out these guns and they just boom 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 boom. boom they shoot all these guys and it's like after the first line goes, they're like, "All right, guys, guns down." And they just start going at it with oh, knives yeah. and bows, <laughs> as if like, eh, we're done with these. They things. wasted all their ammo. We're being too efficient right now, yeah, killing that, people. So uh, <laughs> maybe that maybe that's the most realistic gunplay use in a film. Is that the like, fact it, the that, fact that yeah. the windshield did not get shattered through all of that gunfire is Chris, amazing. Chris, to they're, me. they're all master martial artists. I think they can aim. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not, that's true. The truck was not harmed at all by any of the gunfire that happened, yeah. <laughs> which was amazing. I just I really I just really enjoyed the fight scenes. I also enjoyed the sets a lot, uh, especially um, in David Lopin's uh, palace type area, <laughs> where it's like the little Buddhas, gold Buddhas everywhere. It's and, awesome. And yeah. what what the heck was uh, Egg Shen's issue with that Buddha? He fucking hates that Buddha. <laughs> I makes a point to blow the fucking shit out of it, and it's like, and then they just leave it. Like, I fucking hate that Buddha. <laughs> it's no all, reason. It's all neon and lit up all That's amazing. what I was going to say. Maybe it's because it was everything in, in his palace had a neon, like, a, you know, uh, accent, so. Yeah. <laughs> what about Who did he hire to install all the neon is what I want to know. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it was all the guys that worked for him, you know? Oh, he just happened to grab one, when not one martial gunning, arts bad guy. When they're who not knows gunning neon. down gangs in the alleyway, yeah, they're a, building a, he, neon he's signs. He's got a neon guy for that. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a gang of martial artists and a contractor. <laughs> <laughs> he's got, well, yeah, he's got, well, that's like who built the Death Star, you know? 
What happened to those guys? Or who built Batman's Batcave? Yeah, like, I think Batman built it or by the, himself. Or what the, were the, the Earth built scenes? it. He just kind of put shit into yeah. it. Can you name all of the fight scenes that were in this movie? There's so, throughout the whole uh, yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, I can. I'm pretty sure. I, I'm going to say I can. Um, number one in the airport. Number two in the alleyway. Um, number three um, in the White Dragon. Is that what it's called? The White Dragon. The restaurant. No, 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 the white, is it the, oh, white tiger, thank you. Okay. The white tiger fight scene. Yeah. Um, followed by that is the, um. White tiger is the prostitute. What, oh, that's okay. a prostitute place. Yeah, followed by that would be the fight scene in David Lopin's place when they're first breaking out. And Second open, fight oh. scene is when they break back in and they're, they're in the caves. They fight that, that worm-like fucking thing. Oh, yeah. And then the floating head of eyes and then. Oh, oh my God. Oh my God. My favorite fucking. <laughs> going back to favorite lines. Best line in the film right here. Our, and uh, it's when they're, they're getting all the girls out. And he's like, All right, from here on out, it's pretty standard. Offices, a storeroom, a nice false front. I count to three. We go through this door. All right, ready? One, two, three. Close the door. We may be trapped. You know what I think is funny? <laughs> One fight that's really funny is the uh, when he goes in and he's going to save Gracie and who's the other girl? I can't remember her name. They're in the cages. Oh, yeah. The, and it's the all reporter. women. But the only people fighting them back are women guards. As if Lopan thought about it and was just like, we don't want to be sexist or anything. Did you sure we have? Did, you, like did you catch a, after Eddie and Wayne beat the shit out of those two women, they both rolled their <laughs> eyes and then moved on? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Women. <laughs> well, one thing I really, I, I don't know why this just popped in my head, but but all of Jack Burton's like entrances and exits are always great. Like when they're first breaking into Lopan's underground palace, the way they like uh, walk past those security guards in the front, they just go and they're like, "Oh yeah, we got to go check out this thing." And we're, we're with the phone gonna, coming. Yeah. They're holding a telephone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to try that sometime. And they're just walking down the hall like yeah. they bought it. Yeah. I want to try something. I want to just walk into a business and just start waving yeah. around an old rotary dial telephone yeah, totally. with the phone company guys and just make my way <laughs> yeah. into the back. <laughs> what about the special effects? What about the makeup effects? What about the sweet digital effects? Dude, it was it oh. was so well done. Like you can see you can tell what John Carpenter can do with a twenty million dollar budget. It's I mean, well, you can see what he does with a low budget. His movies are always phenomenal and I think a lot of the money does get put into the visual aspect, especially in this film, the fucking the 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 green flames, the ball of green flames in the you know, and the light just at the beginning, the lightning between fucking Aikshin's hands that he shows his lawyer, like that looks fucking solid. Yeah, like for eighty six, eighty seven. And that I mean that furry monster too. I don't oh, know if yeah, he had the, the same guy that did the thing. Because it seems like it. No, because the thing was, um, uh, the thing, or, oh, God, I can't remember his name, but I think I was a schmuck. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. He's a (laughs) schmuck special effects artist, but. I, I, I think the, um, the visual effects were done by the same company that did the visual effects for Ghostbusters. So I think that's another reason why it feels so familiar to us is like some of these people like who work on these films, they create, you know, these things that we grew up on, like the the style of the visual effects, you know. I should fact check you so, check you now. I'm pretty yeah, sure before we don't we don't have to uh, addendum your comment. I well I am curious, which film came first? Um I believe I think it was Ghostbusters. Was Ghostbusters 86 or 87? 
Look it up. I want to say I mean, it's 86. That Actually, floating both eye like... thing is very reminiscent of Sm Slimer. Like, it feels like Slimer. Yeah. Really? It looks like the glows coming out of his mouth. That yeah. looks like a fucking, that looks like a proton pack, like the beam that comes uh, out of it, uh, you know? Am I the only one who saw that that it looked like a D&D &D creature? I totally take that back. Ghostbusters was 1984. Holy okay. shit. So that definitely came out beforehand. So. Okay. Uh, what Which D&D &D character? Uh, the, it's like a monster in D&D. &D. It's a floating eye that looks exactly like that thing. I forgot what, what it's called. What came first, though? Oh, oh clearly. It's going to be D&D, &D, right? Right? Yeah, it's going to be D&D. &D. Really? Has to be. They're always adding characters. D&D &D been around since like 1970. Been around something. since 1970 something. Yeah. That character might You're just not repeating have been. what Mike just possibly said. That's what I'm repeating because uh, <laughs> I don't know. Like I don't know when Mike knows. Well, John Carpenter was <laughs> actually knows, upset everybody. with that company. They were, he was upset with that company because he feels like they didn't give it the proper attention. But the company comes back and says, look, we, you know, we had plenty of time to do this. We're very proud of what we did, you know, but John Carpenter, it was kind of like, no, I, they rushed it. They I didn't. thought it was the other way around. I thought, I thought from what I read and I might be wrong on this, but I thought what I read is that the, um, the effects company that they hired was backlogged. They had way too many films. They took on too much work. That's what he said. And, yeah. and that, and that, you know, they just said, "Look, we didn't have enough time to do it. You guys didn't give us a big enough window." And, but I mean, even if that's, the, I mean, if the special effects company didn't have enough time to do it, the fucking effects in this film were fantastic. The practical effects. Well, the practical effects are great for all the fight scenes. They use a lot of old school uh, kung fu stuff from like the the uh, Shaw Brothers days. They use trampolines and a lot of wire work and stuff. Forty six was the body count, by the way, in this movie. Forty six bodies. Forty six. Are you positive? Up. It seems high. low. That seems no. low. <laughs> That's that's true. Forty six, really. Forty six. What is ever dead? Well, let, let me talk about body count. Let's talk about um, let's talk about um, the god of thunder, just blowing himself up. Why did that happen? I think he was because he was so distraught after seeing Lopez. I think he has no point. There's no point in living anymore. I agree. So I'm going to take these His guys with He me. lived for yeah. Lopan, and I he couldn't protect okay. him. I couldn't figure out if it was just because he was so sad or if because Lopan was dead, like, that triggered him to die. Who was, your, who was your favorite storm? Uh, lightning is, was always my favorite storm. I feel like lightning, too. Anybody else? I lightning. think everybody will yeah. agree. Yeah, lightning was... I think he was the most... Um, <laughs> I think he was the most approachable of the storms, and he reminds me the most of Raiden from Mortal yeah. Kombat. So I mean, how can you get? Wrong I thought it was there? kind of funny when when they're when they're escaping that final time. He's <clears> completely <throat> like his aim is completely off. He can't hit. Oh, them. all of a sudden he, takes he just forever can't hit to shit. get down that hallway, and he's shooting at them, and he can't hit Jack's feet. <laughs> yeah, like why didn't he fire it like right when he saw him? Like well, he, was like a, he was like he was like a sharpshooter all doing? film, and then all of a sudden at the end there he suddenly you know he just I don't know. I'll what tell you right doing. now, wind, wind wouldn't have missed. Wait, wait, wind, wouldn't have missed. wind would not have missed. <laughs> wait, you have... actually I think it was rain. Is it, it rain? Not. He Excuse is me. rain. Oh, okay. Excuse me. You had a problem with that, but you didn't have a problem when uh, a lightning dude would grab somebody and then fly off and they're not electrocuted <laughs> well he's in he's control of the electrician he's holding on to a lightning bolt and literally he gets to that choose out. it's it's okay yeah, now I have it's, a problem being, with it's it. being channeled into him it's not like it's bouncing off his skin like he's he uses it, it to oh, do yeah. his bidding i mean i'm not Cody. a scientist or yeah. anything but right isn't that why, why you don't can't think grab... any scientist would you have grounded would, to get would, electric why right? would he be grounded 
Well, he's in the air. If he's holding somebody and electricity's flying around, you have to be grounded to get electrocuted. Oh, you're right. Yeah. I, I take back my... Uh... I don't think we even need to argue the scientific... Yeah, right? Like, I love how we're this. doing this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he can fly. Let's yeah. be honest. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I was confused about with them is, like, what the fuck did they have to do with any of that in the alleyway? What do you mean? Why did they even get involved in that? Like they just showed up and just started wrecking everyone during like this middle well, of the game. Well, they weren't they weren't they weren't killing the Wing Kong. If you go back and watch it, like um, when they run past and you can see the three of them like cutting people down, it's only yellow turbans that are getting cut down at that that's point. That's right. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a metaphor. <laughs> I'm just kidding. What <laughs> for what? I don't know. We'll figure it out. We'll yellow figure it out. yellow turbines getting cut down. We'll figure that out because you know what we're going to talk about next, guys? We're going to analyze the film. Okay, let's, let's talk do it, about right? the film. Let's do it, man. All right. Um, so how does everybody feel like the way it was shot? Because I'm a huge fan of the way it was shot. Visually beautiful. I think it was visually beautiful also. Chris? Yeah, it puts you in a fantasy world. Mike? I don't think I'm in any disagreement on that. Okay, what about pacing? Did anyone have a problem with the pacing? I don't. No. But here's the interesting thing about the pacing of this film. It moves so fast. And there's a lot of exposition that goes around. Like, does anyone... I remember even as a child watching this film and thinking that this was a sequel to something because I didn't understand how all these characters knew each other so intimately, in a way. Like, we can establish right off the bat that Jack and Wang have probably gone on some adventures together because they seem to know each other. I think they're drinking buddies, really. That's how the film starts. Right, exactly. They have to have had something going on. Like, they're definitely friends, right? But... Does anybody find it weird that Gracie Law just walks right into Wang's restaurant? Like, yeah. right in the, the back. Gang. Like, as if just like, oh, there's Gracie Law. Like, everyone knows each other. I, I know it's little Chinatown, but like, <laughs> <laughs> how small is this place, man? Everyone knows each other. Egg Chen knows everybody. And they're introducing all these characters. And all of a sudden, it's just like they walk into this restaurant and they're like, oh, there's Eddie. Oh, there's you, Gracie. Well, oh, there's freaking, you know. You bring up, well, what you're bringing up, though, is, is a point that I wanted to make tonight was. Um, Overall, I thought the the editing and the pacing was fantastic, with the exception of one fucking scene, which is when they're in um, um, they're in Wang's restaurant. And I swear to God, if you watch the movie and you analyze it, it looks like whoever was like they had like an intern who was like doing the final edit of everything. He dropped the film on the ground. And he tried to piece it together in that one scene because like Eddie walks in and it's like, let me introduce you to my good friend Jack Burton, and they shake hands, and then he goes, Jack Burton. And it's like, huh? It's it just looks like it just looks like that was totally flipped around, which includes the introduction of um, of Gracie Law. Like, I feel like the introduction was was cut incorrectly. That whole scene is just edited. Like somebody threw the fucking script in the air, and then they try to pick it up really quick. And I, I love her shot name, it. Gracie Law. Gracie, you know, yeah, she's a lawyer. Let's talk about her for a second. Kim Cattrall, Kim Cattrall she's Hell gorgeous yeah. in that movie. Gorgeous, absolutely. Her green contacts are fantastic yeah. in the film. They're terrible. Yeah. They're horrible <laughs> contacts. Had me fooled. Yeah, had me fooled. I was like, damn, redhead green eyes. Mm. <laughs> no, not at all. You can see the brown like around the green part of the contact and a lot yeah. of the close That's what makes it look so exotic. And yeah. I watched it in standard definition. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not even in high def. And yeah, I, I watched I watched this in 1080p. I really feel like she didn't have a lot of dialogue though. No, she really didn't. She was just kind of an extra character. Side she character. didn't really have to have a lot of dialogue, though. She was it's there. Fucking and... Kim Cattrall. Chris. So, exactly. did you guys like the ending that he left and didn't stay with her? He was just like, "Fuck I, this." You I'm know what? Here. I'm so glad you brought that up because I think that ending needs to be up there. I think it it's second to o- the only thing it's second to is Han Solo 
in fucking Empire when she says, I love you, and he goes, I know. And that's like, he's so badass. Like, aren't you going to kiss her goodbye? Nope. (laughs) And he fucking walks out. Like, how fucking badass of a guy is that? So funny. Fuck women. I was watching the movie. It's not fuck women. It's (laughs) like, it's. It's so funny because I was watching the movie with my wife uh, at the time. She's a fan of this movie. She loves it too. And at the time, yeah, at the time. And uh, so you got divorced. No, my wife. Now we were watching the movie <laughs> together at that time. When we were watching the movie. My together. wife at the time, yeah. uh, who who were not together as of two days ago. No, so we were watching the movie, and uh, she said that she brought that up at the end when that happened. She's like, "What a dick!" Like she was like before that. She's like, "Kurt Russell is so man pretty. He's just he's just yeah, it was man the mullet pretty. that did it for her. He's just so man pretty. He just has you know he looks like a man. He's well, got the man pretty. I, and uh, I, I I was just like, okay. Do you have the man pretty? Yeah, I do have the man pretty. Thank Obviously, you. huh? Thank you. Yeah, you know I do. But at the end of the film, she's like, "Fuck him!" <laughs> like, cause cause he just walks away. Well, I have a question about Jack. I mean, does he makes it an excuse for that, right? Doesn't he say something like, you know, like, "Hey, you know, relationships don't work out for me," or or something like, "We live separate lives." It, Kyle. He, he says something, he's right? Like, I'll no, think he, about he, it. He says, he says, like sooner or later, I rub everybody the wrong way. Right. And she said the only way it would work is if you got a bigger truck. And he's like, yeah, that's a great, it's a great idea. I've always just wondered if that's like the only semblance of kind of like a character arc for, for Jack. What is that? He's destined I don't know, to be alone. It's the one time he's not really being like a braggart. He's kind of being really honest about everything. That's true. You know, yeah. so maybe like this whole adventure taught him one thing that's just like, oh man, like I'm just, I just want to be I'm alone. I'm out of place here. <laughs> like, yeah. How do you guys feel about the ending? Because um, I never thought, I never thought twice about it, but after watching, re- revisiting the film and kind of analyzing it, like, do you think the ending leaves it, leaves it open-ended? I, do you think, or do you think the ending basically does, means that Jack Burton dies eventually? Does, I, no, open ended. Yeah, I thought it was to obviously maybe they, maybe the studio thought that this had sequel appeal, and maybe they said, "Hey, we'll just leave it open and have this thing where." Well, because I mean, we'll if, leave you, it open, if, like if you think about, it, maybe I'm overanalyzing, but if you think about it, he basically he breaks ties with everybody he knows, and as he's driving away, you see the monster is in his fucking truck with him, like... On to the next city that, to battle monster, with his other friends. Is this monster going to, like, fucking kill him when he gets to wherever he's going? He stops at a truck stop to take a piss and the monster think, fucking kills on, him? Hold on, I'll bring this up. We brought this up earlier. Uh, the monster really doesn't hurt anyone. <laughs> oh, you know what? You're absolutely right. He just grabs people he just, and drags he them. Probably, he drags them like five to ten feet, and that's he had that's, long nails. He probably scratched somebody. Well, It'd be Jack, a nice scratch. Jack doesn't live in Chinatown. He's a trucker. I feel well, like I maybe know he that, might yeah. have a reason. Maybe that you know, Jack has to leave. He he still has a job. He still has to. Yeah, he's a trucker. He's a he trucker. Just, yeah. you know, and he sweeps in a town. He sweeps out of town, and that's his life. He's just you know. I feel like he's got friends in every city, and he probably has adventures with them. Not in Little China. Maybe it's in like. Little Italy. Little Italy. Little big trouble in little Italy. Little Tokyo. Yeah. Little Tokyo. But I can imagine a, like a sequel happening from this. <laughs> little Paris. Little yeah. Paris. Big trouble. Paris. Big trouble in little Italy. <laughs> they have to fight the mob. <laughs> and they it have could magic. Work. Yeah, ancient, cannoli monsters. Ancient Catholic gods. <laughs> Catholic saints have to fight. <laughs> and see things no one else can see. Do things no one else can do. Real things. As real as Lopin. Hey, what more can a guy ask for? Oh, the six demon bag. Terrific. A six demon bag. Sensational. What's in it, egg? Wind, fire, all that kind of things. All right, so let's go ahead and let's, uh, I think we've talked enough about the film. 
I think we pretty much got what we wanted to say about it. What a terrible ending. Yeah. I think we've talked enough about this piece of <laughs> shit. God damn, let's just get this episode over. No, no, I think we should go into our ratings and we should rate this film. What are we rating this film on uh, this time? Last time it was Mops. What are we doing this time? I vote for Egg Shens myself. Egg Shens. I second that. It was Kyle's uh, choice, so. Egg Shens it is. All right, so we're going to give this one, uh, I have to give it five out of five Asians. I, I love this movie. Like, there's so many great lines. It's so quotable. And it's it's just, um, it's fun to watch. You get lost in it. And you go on the adventure with them. And you forget that you're watching a movie. And you just unplug your brain for a little bit and just enjoy enjoy the show. And that's what I really, really like about this movie. Mike? Five Asians. Yeah. I love this film. This, this, I mean, this film is just like, it's my childhood. I'm so glad we're doing it. So glad we're doing this film. <laughs> um, I'm gonna give it a four out of five. What? Shins. What the fuck? Well, it had to be different. Oh my four god! Goddamn Wilmer! I mean, that's still here. a pretty good review. No. <laughs> I okay. Why this, four? This is not a movie that I could see myself watching even once a month. Even though I love it a lot and I really have a good time when I watch it, it's not something that I'm gonna like. Like, if somebody was like, you want to come over and watch Big Trouble in Little China next week on Friday? I would probably not want to do that, you know? Yeah. Really? But but the film, I mean, obviously, you know, it stands on its own. It's it's um, It was made in a time where, like, reality and fantasy could blend, and it was fun for everyone of all ages. It was, like, just had all of the right elements to it. And it was at a time when movies were... Um, just getting like innovative, so they could they could start exploring these new things, these new ways of telling the story. And I'm glad that that film was made. Kyle, well, I'm giving it five out of five egg shens. Uh, this movie is so close to my heart. It's one of my favorite action movies, and probably one of my favorite John Carpenter movies of all time. Um, uh, it's supremely enjoyable. Great quotable lines, and in fact, like you know, when I hang out with one of my one of my good friends, like. I'd say a portion of our conversation usually involves quotes from this movie. Like I just, it's I love it. It's fun. It's it's got action. It's got it's got mysticism. It's got fucking fucking light coming out of his eyes. Like I'm telling you, it's a fucking great movie. I love it. Watch it. He also gave it three fuckins. <laughs> I'll give it four if you want. I'll give it four fuckins. Fucking. <laughs> Fucking great movie. All right, guys. Make sure you join us next week when we're going to be reviewing uh, John Waters' Cecil B. Demented. It's Chris's pick. We'll be talking about that next week. It should be fun. Boo. Join Kyle. Super excited. Join us next week. <laughs> <laughs>